So Acts chapter 5 and verse number 1, the Bible says, But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphire, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While this remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all of them that heard these things. And the young men arose and wound him up and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying forth buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. Now we've been preaching the book of Acts on Sunday mornings uh, tried pretty consistently since the month of April when we got back from vacation and been walking through this book. This, uh, we're not analyzing every verse and, and getting everything out. By the way, you'll never get everything out. It's a living book. But just been trying to get a big picture of the early church in the book of Acts. Up until this point in the book of Acts, everything that Luke has wrote about in the book of Acts about the church has been positive. I mean, people are being saved. The Word of God's being preached. Uh, people are, are serving the Lord. There's, there are those that are, as we looked last week, that have been suffering persecution, uh, but still they have joy and excitement in their heart. They're glad to be part of the church. And I want to remind us, we ought to be glad to be a part of the church. Amen. Uh, there's a lot of things in the world that can uh, take our allegiance and take our desires, but there is no greater body, there is no greater organization on the church or on the earth than the church of the living God. And I'm glad I'm a part of that. But as we, as we dealt with last week in Acts chapter number 4, anytime a church is going forward for the glory of God, anytime a church is doing something for God, anytime God is blessing a church, uh, there's going to be attacks. There's going to be satanic attacks. There's going to be things uh, uh, that's going to come against that church and come against that body of believers. And last week in Acts chapter number 4, we dealt uh, with the first persecution against the church, how those uh, men rose up against Peter and John after the salvation, the miracle, that lame man, and persecution and attacks came from without the church against the church. But in Acts chapter 5, the attacks from Satan are not coming from without, but they're coming from within. You see, if the devil can't hinder the church uh, from his attacks from without, he'll try to do it from Within. That's what I want to deal with this morning. I want to preach on attacks from within. Attacks from within. Even though this church, the book of Acts, has a lot of great things going for them. We'll highlight a few things uh, in just a moment. Even though they have all these things, there are no perfect churches. Amen. You know why? Because there are no perfect people. 
There is actually a church in Atlanta, Georgia that is called the Perfect Church. It is down the road from the old Turner Field where the Braves used to play. But And I'm not lying. This ain't a field kid story. This is the truth. There is a fence with barbed wire around the top of it uh, around the church. I guess that's to keep all the imperfect people out. It's, but it's on the sign it says the perfect church. I, I guarantee you there ain't no perfect church this morning. Now, as the body of Christ, we are seated in heavenly place. I understand that. Uh, but this church is a good church, but we still got problems. You know why? Because we got people. You're always going to have problems when you have people. And what I want to, I've preached out of this text many times in revivals and even preached out of this text uh, last year, uh, first part of last year. But I want to emphasize this morning that we do not allow the, the devil to use us to be an attack or to be a hindrance within the house of God. One writer said that the story of Ananias and Sapphira here in our text in the book of Acts is exactly a counterpart of Achan in the book of Joshua. Remember Achan, how he stole the Babylonian garment, the wedge of gold, uh, when they won the victory over Jericho. And the Bible said he hid it in his tent. He, he essentially lied to the Lord. He was living a life of deception. That's what Ananias and Sapphira did in our text. Let me say four things about this sin, this attack from within. First of all, I want us to see the context of this sin. What was going on at the church at Jerusalem when this sin took place? Well, this church is at Jerusalem, if you allow me to call it the First Baptist Church of Jerusalem, they have been seeing God do some wonderful things. We won't read all the verse for sake of time. I preached through all these verses already, but let me just highlight us and remind us of what this church had going for. They had some great sermons. Acts chapter number 2, Acts chapter number 4, Acts chapter number 3, Peter and John are preaching the gospel of their preaching the word of God the Bible said in Acts 4 verse 31 and the Bible said they spake the word of God with boldness they had some good sermons they had good preaching going on at their church this preaching was Bible preaching they spoke the word it was bold preaching the Bible said they saw the boldness of Peter and John uh, there were men who were preaching the word of God hey I'm not much this morning uh, but as your pastor as a preacher of the word of God I want to be biblical in my preaching and I want to be bold in my preaching. Amen. I may not be a good preacher, may not be the best preacher, don't claim to be, but I do want to be a preacher that is faithful to preaching the Word of God. I don't believe we have a problem with that around here. I believe we have good preaching, not because I'm preaching, but I am a Bible preacher. Amen. And so they had good sermons. Uh, they, had, they had a great salvation. In Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people get saved. Acts chapter 4, 5,000 more people get saved. I mean, there ain't nobody ever seen anything like that. People are getting saved. Uh, they're not just getting saved, but they're getting baptized. And they're being added. They're joining that church. And they're not just sitting on a pew and singing, we'll wait till Jesus comes. Uh, but no, they're laboring. Uh, they're worshiping. They're being a witness. They're being a testimony. I mean, this seems like a church you'd want to go to. They had great suffering. Acts chapter 4, as we highlighted last week, suffering persecution, the attacks from without, of the enemy coming in. And it was a religious attack from without. But I would submit to you, those people that attacked Peter and John were not even saved. 
Because they did not believe on the Lord Jesus. That's why they got mad at Peter and John. Uh, because they preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so we could say they were attacked by the lost. Uh, but ain't it interesting? Uh, the more and more and more the church, and you read through Acts as we study it, uh, the more the church was attacked, the more it grew. The more God blessed it. They had great supplication. Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 3, they're praying. And God is moving, answering their prayers. Acts 4, 31 is an example of that. And when they had prayed, uh, the place was shaken together where they were assembled. They had a great spirit. Acts 4, 32. The multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. That speaks of unity. I don't know about you, I want to go to a church like that, amen, where they got good preaching and they believe in prayer. And even though they might go through some hard times, they just keep on going. And then they have a good spirit of unity and being together. The Bible said, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. They had great strength. The Bible said in verse number 33 of Acts 4, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. That's what sustained them. That's what strengthened them. That's how the church went forward. It's because the power of God and the grace of God. Hey, aren't you glad this morning that grace does not end at salvation? Oh, but every day we live, we find uh, there's grace for every need, a grace for every trial, a grace for every burden. That's the only way we'll make it through this life. It's not by clinging to our own intellect, uh, not by trying to do what we can in our own power and our own ability, uh, but it's by the grace of God that we're even here today. They had great sacrifice. You read Acts 4, 32 through 37, they begin to give. I have a sacrificial desire. Nobody's holding a gun to their head to make them give. Uh, nobody's uh, saying if you don't give this, you know, all this. You know, them TV preachers are so crazy and them radio preachers, uh, not all radio, not all of them, but uh, on, about, you know, 10 out of 11 of them. I mean, they just say, you know, if you don't, if you don't uh, uh, send us, if you want God to bless you, you just write to us and we'll send you one of them prayer calls and you put it in your wallet and God will bless you financially. And then they'll say, now, dear friends, we do need to hear from you. If we don't hear from you and get an offering from you, we're going to have to go off the radio, we're going to go off the TV. Billy Kelly said, I want to tell them birds, take one of their prayer calls and put it in their wallet and they wouldn't have to ask me for money. <laughs> but this ain't what they're doing in the book of Acts. They're willingly giving. They have a heart. Just like I've seen many of you do in this church. Sacrificially give over and over again. I know, y'all see, when I get that look in my eye, y'all just go ahead and start reaching for it. I don't have to say it. You know there's a missionary here, somebody's sharing a burden. We find out somebody's going through something. You already know. Just go, go ahead, get the checkbook. Preacher, got this crazy idea. We're going to take up more money. And I've never had any resistance. Well, I have had resistance, but not anybody here. I had resistance against that. You know, anybody that's ever had a problem with giving never gave a dime. Ain't that interesting? It's always that crowd that don't give a dime and they'll squeeze a penny till a booger comes out of Abraham Lincoln's nose. Uh, they, won't, they won't give anything, but they don't want you giving anything. Amen. This church, though, they had a, they had a spiritual mindset. They gave willingly. That's the context. That's what's going on at this church. We always think bad problems happen at bad churches. Well, here's a church that we would say we'd all want to be a member of a church like this. But they had a, had a tax from within. The context of the sin. Number two, the conspiracy behind this sin. What, what, is, what, what, is, this, what is this situation? What is this, what is this part? Well, 
Notice the specific people in this sin. Look at verse number 1. The Bible said, But a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife. You know, no one thinks that they'll ever be used of the devil to bring sin into the church. Nobody ever thinks that they're going to be the one that's going to be the one that's going to, that the devil's going to use to bring problems in our church. Nobody ever thinks that. But these people, they were in the church. I believe they're saved. I believe they got saved either in Acts 2 or in Acts 4. Amen. I believe they were, I believe they were believers. God, don't, God disciplined them like believers in this text. I believe they were saved. They were in the church. They were involved in the church. The Bible said, the, the, the Bible said their names were Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias' name means whom Jehovah hath graciously given. Sapphira's name means a sapphire or a precious stone. They were precious people. Uh, God had blessed them. And that's who the ones the devil is after. That's the ones the flesh is after. It's those that seemingly have it all together. Those that are in church. Those that are involved in church. That's who he's got his mark set on. Uh, Saturday nights, most of the time, if I get to sleep by 1 a.m., it's a blessing. It's got the day on my mind. That's not complaining. It's just how it is. It's got the day on my mind. I sleep good on Sunday nights most of the time. Watch. I won't sleep a wink tonight. But, um, you know, and I had, I had this text on my heart, and I began to think over the years of people that I really never thought would, would give trouble. And those are the ones that did. There were some people I said, they're going to give trouble, and they did. There's something I never would have thought they would. I never thought they would be out of church. I never thought they would have went that direction. The, the specific people. But then notice the satanic proposition. Verse, verse number 2. They sold a possession, verse 1, and kept back part of the, of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part, part of the price of the land? You know, ain't it amazing? how the devil was in the details. You know what you know, the devil could have said to Ananias? Look, you've done a great deed by selling this land. And nobody will ever know. And by the way, nobody said they had to sell land and give money. Acts 4 ends up with Barnabas selling property, and he brought the money. Nobody ever told him. Peter didn't get up and do that. John didn't get up and say, hey, you need to sell land and bring the money. Nobody. God apparently touched Barnabas' heart. It's interesting, and this I ain't got time for this, but Barnabas was a Levite. Under the law, Levites could not own land. I wonder if Barnabas is getting right with God. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I've been preaching this for seven years. And I didn't see that until last night. I wonder if Barnabas is getting right with God. And so, you know what? I've had this land. I've been holding on the world. Because the Levites were supposed to be involved with the temple. And they're supposed to live in the temple. And Barnabas said, you know what? I've lived my life for this world long enough. Hey, I don't know if it's right, but it sounds good. Amen. I'll tell you what we ought to do. We ought to get rid of some things holding us down in this life. And bring it all. I wonder if that's why he brought all the money, Brother David. And didn't, keep, didn't keep a profit of it. But nobody said he had to do that. God, I, I believe God put that on Barnabas' heart. But it wasn't a blanket statement. But you know what Ananias and Sapphira did? They saw. You know how people are. Did you see that? Barnabas sold that land. And he brought all the money. Man. Thank God for Brother Barnabas being obedient. And that brother, brother Ananias and Sapphira saying, We want people to think well of us. We want people to give us that notoriety. Amen. It's Sunday school, but I feel like preaching. Amen. Uh, we want people to give us uh, that praise, that acclamation. So they conspired this plan. Notice 
Notice the stated price. They, they, they sell the land. You know what? They could have. They could have sold that land. Let's say they sold it. I don't know what they sold it for. The Bible doesn't tell us. Let's say $50,000. Let's say the land was $50,000. They sold. And they could have said, you know what? We're going to sell this land, and we're going to give $25,000 to the church. Well, one, that's more than a tithe. That's 50%. God would have been fine with that. But here's where they got in trouble. This is all we made. We only made $25,000 off that land. And that's where they got in trouble. They lied to the Holy Ghost. God never said they had to give it all. God never said, I know it wasn't $50,000. We're just using that number for our minds. God never said, you, don't, you, God never said you got to give $50,000. Just don't lie to me. Amen. Like some people do when they tithe or they don't tithe. When they, when they take out Uncle Sam's taxes and they take out insurance and they take out 401K and then they tithe off that. Woo! Got quiet right there. Somebody said, well, should I tithe off the gross or the net? Do you want net blessings or gross blessings? Amen. Well, hallelujah. <laughs> Brother Davey, hurry up. All right. Amen. I'm not, I'm not saying, by the way, tithing's the bottom. That's the starting point. Amen. That's the minimum. It ain't the maximum. I hope if you've been saved long enough, you can trust the Lord for more than 10%. Amen. Amen. Well, moving on. The serious problem was that they, verse, four, verse number 3, Satan filled thine heart. In verse 4, Peter said, Why does it remain? Was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thine own power? Peter said, you could, have, you could have done whatever you wanted to with that. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Now think about how foolish it is to lie to God who knows everything. You can fool the preacher. And at this church, that ain't hard to do. Amen. But you ain't going to fool the Lord. Amen. You're not going to fool the Holy Spirit of God. You know, Satan did fill their heart to lie to the Holy Ghost, but they could have resisted and said no. You can't blame the devil for our sin. I feel sorry for the devil sometimes. I know it sounds weird to say that, but he gets blamed for so much of our sin. He tempted, but he don't pull the trigger. We're free moral agents. We make the decision to sin. There's the context of this sin. There is the conspiracy behind this sin. Number three, there's the consequences of this sin. There was a sentence in verse 5 and 6. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came all on, upon all those that heard these things. And the young men arose and wound him up and carried him out and buried him. Verse number, notice in verse number uh, 7. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. Peter gives her an opportunity to be honest. And she said, Yea, for so much. Remember, we're using 50000 as our... Thing. Did you sell for 25000 Sapphira? Sure did. Look at verse number 9. Then Peter said to her, How is it you have agreed to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then, she, then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young man came in, found her dead, carrying her forth, and buried her by her husband. This is the first example of a church cemetery. Because <laughs> they just carried him right out and buried him. There wasn't no committees and wasn't no flyer committee. And, you know, they just went out there and dug a hole and buried them. 
So I wanted everybody to get buried in the church cemetery, ones that lied to God. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. Just kidding. That's a joke. All right. You might have a love buried in the church cemetery. I'm just kidding. Okay. That's the first ones that were buried. Just people that lied to God. Smile. It's a joke. Okay. I'm not implying that. My grandpa's buried in the church cemetery. Uh, there's the sentence. That's why I believe they were saved because God killed them. God dealt with them. Bible said that he'll deal with us as sons. If you receive, if you without chastisement, wherever you are partakers, you are bastards and not sons. The Lord is not cussing there. He's saying you're illegitimate. You don't belong to me if you can live your life with no chastisement and claim to be saved. Notice the soberness. Verse 11. And great fear came upon all the church and as many heard these things. Even though this is a sad scene and a sad situation in our Bible, it did have some positive effect because it got the church sobered up. You know, you know what we're missing in our churches today? Not just in our church, but in the other churches where I, I'm privileged to go and preach is a soberness, a sobriety. I ain't talking about people not being drunk, even though that is some case of some places. I'm talking about we have a sober mindset of the reality of the judgment of God. You know, back in the 40s and 50s and 60s, men preached the judgment of God. And then we started preaching on the love of God in the 70s. I guess the preachers kind of fell in with the hippie movement all about love, love, love. Preached on the love of God. Now you don't hear the judgment of God anymore. And that's why you got sodomites running in the streets like they are. Amen. But you know, God is a God of love. The Bible said God is love. I ain't against that. But he's also a God of wrath. He's a God of judgment. Amen. This is a, this is a, this is a two-edged sword. Amen. We ought to have a soberness in our hearts. Have a soberness in our lives. I know I made some pretty straightforward statements Wednesday night. But you know, I believe we needed it. I believe I needed it. Amen. Why? Because if we're not careful, we'll get caught in a mundane and we'll get caught in a routine. We'll get caught in something uh, where we just get used to those things and there's no sobriety. There's no soberness in our mindset. It brought, it brought sobriety. Verse 11, and great fear came upon all the church. And upon as many had heard of these things. I guess, I guess if we was having church this morning, and somebody come down to the altar and told an outright lie to the congregation, and God killed them where they stood, I wonder what it would do to the church services today. I wonder what would happen if somebody come down here, and amen, by the way, the, the theme of this text is not about money. It's about lying. It's about lying. Now, money was a part of the lie, but it's not all about money here. The principle is the lie they told. Or if somebody come down here this morning and told a lie, and God killed them and they dropped dead, what would it do to the service? What would it do to the congregation? Oh, oh, wait a minute. But how many times would we get up saying, Oh, how I love Jesus. But Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Vance Habner said, it's just as wrong to sing a lie as it is to tell a lie. Amen. We ought to make sure we got a sincerity and an honesty in our heart. That's why we ought to often pray, search me, O God, and try me, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and leave me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, verse 24, David prayed that prayer. God, search me. I don't, Lord, if there's anything in my heart that I willingly know or don't know, reveal it to me. I want to get right with God. Bring a soberness. But watch, the con last of all, the continuation after this sin. Now, let's just be honest. 
If somebody dropped dead in this service today, it would probably cause the service to be dismissed. Wouldn't you think? Not in them. They carried them out and kept on preaching, kept on singing, and went on. Why? Because the work had to go on. Just because somebody, amen, just because somebody desecrated the Lord's house, just because somebody sinned, they, they didn't stop serving God. You remember what we preached about last Sunday morning? How the persecution came from without? And we preached on the church goes on. I mean, we like that too, don't we? I mean, the world fights against the church, the devil fights against the church, but thank God the church goes on. But when there was a two deaths in the middle of the congregation from two members of that church who lied to the Holy Ghost. They carried the bodies out, said we're sorry, they died, they shouldn't have lied to God. Now turn to page number four, we're going to sing another hymn and we're going to have another message. That's what they did. They just went on. Why? Well, you read, and we'll get to this next week, Lord Willem, verses 12 through 16. There were sick people that needed some help. There was miracles that took place. We understand this transition of the book of Acts. The apostolic miracles are still going on because they don't have the full canon of scriptures. We understand that. But here's what it represents. There's people still have needs that we need to minister to. We can't stop and stop the work because somebody didn't do it right. Just like in the book of Acts chapter 1 preached about Judas dying. Peter said, work's got to go on. Let's replace him. Let's go forward. In this same context, in this same idea this morning, they just went on. They just kept on serving God. They just went forward. They kept on. Why? There were sick, there were sick people that needed, their needs met, but there were still lost people. Verse number 14, And the believers were more added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. There were more people that needed to be saved. What, what would have happened had Peter and John said, Oh man, Ananias and Sapphira died. We better just... We better just take a break. Said, no, they just kept on going. They weren't going to let two hindrances from within the church stop them going forward. He said, we didn't let that persecution in Acts 4 from without stop us. We're not going to let this persecution from within in Acts 5 stop us. We've got to go forward. And here's what I want to challenge us this morning. If the devil cannot hinder the church from without, 2020 was attacked from without. You remember, you remember that, you do, you do remember 2020. You know, you can't meet in your buildings. How, let's, 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 let's rewind how goofy we were. <laughs> how many of y'all remember directions on the aisles at the grocery store? Walk this way. I was always the rebel. Walking the wrong way. <laughs> I mean, you remember, we was, here's how dumb we were. We were parking cars six feet apart in the parking lot. Cars! Apparently cars can get covid how goofy we were. We were all, we, were, we didn't know what we were doing. We still don't know what we're doing. We would look back on that and like, how foolish. But what it was, it was a dry run to attack the church, what it was. And thank God didn't win. Without, and there'll be more persecution. Acts, if we read on in Acts 5, we'll get to it next week. There's persecution in this chapter from without again. The world comes back and attacks again. But it still go forward. But I wonder, if the devil can't get us from without, I wonder who he's going to use from within. I wonder who in this crowd pointing at me too. That's why we better obey the admonition of the Apostle Paul. Neither give place to the devil. Acts, uh, Ephesians 
That word place, don't give the devil a place of prominence. Don't give him your seat. Don't allow him to have position and prominence in your life. There's going to be attacks from without. There's going to be some attacks from within. Therefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Amen. What I want to encourage you about this morning is be honest with God. Be honest with the Lord. Amen. That's why if Ananias and Sapphira had just been honest, Acts 5 verses 1 through 11 probably could have told us some more things going on at the church of Jerusalem. But the Lord allowed those 11 verses to be put in the Word of God to give us an example of what happens when saved folks give, the pla- give de- place to the devil and allow the devil to use them to try to destroy the church one of the end. That could have very well destroyed the early church. Had Peter not said, we've got to go forward. Keep preaching. There's people still have needs. There's still lost people need to be saved. We cannot stop. We must go forward. We've seen people get out of church. We've seen people quit on God. But you know what? Still got to go forward. Amen. May God help us to do so. Amen. Let's stand. I appreciate your attention. We'll have a word of prayer, and then we'll let you be dismissed for about 15, 20 minutes, and we'll come back.